What's up, guys? Welcome back. <laughs> Fucking <to the> Andy. <laughs> Fucking Andy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, at AOEA Jr. Uh, Undressed is an American anthology series that aired on MTV from July 26, 1999 to September 5, 2002. The series was created and executive produced by British director Roland Joffe. It's Blessing. a fantastic show. Blessing. If, if it's late at night and there was nothing on Cinemax or HBO, you could crank one yeah. out easily to Undressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might yeah. give it a watch. You know, 2002 mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago. I'm sure it mm-hmm. still holds up. Uh, we also have the former informer Imran Khan. I remember like in uh, MTV's Oddities, the uh, show that had like the head on it, that cartoon. It doesn't hold up today, I bet, but that show was awesome at the day. Otter Days? Oddities. Oh, Oddities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Like it had the head first, then the head finished, and they started playing the Max, like mm-hmm. the comic book character. Not way too like obscure for most people. But it was cool at the time. But it's Three Imran's South game. really Imran's good. Game. Three yeah. South is really good too. We also yeah. have the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Tim, we've had a day, huh? We've had a day. Mm-hmm. We have had a day. I've, had, I've, I've, I've eaten day. eight goldfish crackers. <sighs> That's nine hey, me, right there. Number nine. Me and Emron have been on camera together since 10 a.m. And so mm-hmm. we're in our four. <laughs> <laughs> Three? Converting for Three Germany, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get the show ad-free by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games or watch it later on YouTube. You can watch it later on RoosterTeeth.com or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Games cast and we're going to be right there for you. Uh, shout out to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Skin Tight Salmon, Jeffrey P. Long, uh, Sancho West, and James Hastings. Thank you all for making this show happen. Uh, we got a special show today. We're actually doing our post-show analysis of Gamescom Opening Night Live, a.k.a. the season finale of Summer Game Fest, uh, which let's just start there, guys. This was uh, the season finale of Summer Game Fest. We technically never got out of phase one of Summer Game Fest, if I, if I am correct. What do you think that means? I'm exhausted. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Like, there's been too many shows, and none of them are like all that notable, and only some of them are tangentially connected to Jeff Keighley. So it's to call it season finale is like presumably a season finale. You pull in all the threads from all the other stuff in the season, which you kind of did. Like, there's a crash thing, and there's some other stuff, but of course, yeah. I but at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't know this. I expect to be wowed a little bit just by that name, just by the. Oh, we we the, got wow. <laughs> oh, we, we, got we, got wow. <laughs> we got World of Warcraft. We did not. I did not be wow. I was not wowed by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think to to Tim's question of like, what does Phase One mean, and what does this mean as the series finale? Right, like I, the Phase One graphics was tweeted out by Jeff with like not enough context. I don't. I don't even know. If, if Jeff knew what the context was of phase one, because I think when he tweeted that and when he was first rolling out summer game fest or summer of gaming, I forget which one we're, we're in summer um, game fest, summer, summer of gaming game with fest. IGN. With IGN. Okay. Uh, I think there was the idea that that was kind of a rallying call for all the different publishers and all the different companies to be on that one calendar and be able to point back to, Hey, yeah, this is 
we're we're all part of Jeff Keeley's thing, meaning we are all uh, falling in accordance with with organization and how that stuff looks like in terms of the rollout. But I feel like there wasn't enough of a committal as there needed to be for this to be a nice organized thing. And so I think that's why we never got a phase two graphic. I think that's why this as the season finale kind of felt not disconnected because I think as an event, it was fine, but it didn't really as a season finale, this didn't have that moment where it was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, everything really wrapped up here because, you know, we we know we have more stuff we know there's ubisoft forward we know there's uh more xbox stuff stuff we know there's more playstation stuff like it feels like it's still still ever long going despite this being in quote-unquote season finale but i think all that stuff though isn't necessarily part of the summer game fest right like the, some of them were right. but some of them explicitly weren't like yeah, all the nintendo stuff's not i guess ubisoft just didn't associate with yeah. it at all did, did they the, the, but the problem that I have with it is that whenever there was an event happening, Summer Game Fest would tweet out about it. And so I would I, I never knew whether it was like an official thing or the Summer Game Fest Twitter account just saying, hey, what would you think of, you know, the new Assassin's Creed trailer or whatever? And so I, I whenever I would see those tweets, I'd go, oh, I guess that was like a Jeff Keighley thing. I guess that was like one of mm-hmm. his kind of, do, you know, little events or whatever. But it, I don't know. I think just the messaging has been so all over the place that. You know, you just kind of hope that we're getting new games and kind of forget about what the official rollout plan is. Yeah. I think part of it is that, like, Jeff Keighley clearly expected Summer Games Fest to be the replacement for E3. And he thought things that were supposed to be at E3 probably would have, like, should have been there. But I think most companies just went, like, nah, fuck it. Let's just do our own thing or just not do it at all because COVID. So, like, Fandom is a good example of... I bet you those things were. I we know they're those are supposed to be Comic-Con. part of an E three conference, yeah, or Comic Con or E three, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. they weren't. So like theoretically, they would have been part of Gamescom or something. But it was just like no, DC said they're going to just do their own found fandom and just show them some, the stuff themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I we've talked a lot on Games Daily and stuff. Like I love Summer Game Fest as an idea, and I love Jeff being the leader of it because he's proven if if he's proven anything over the last decade, it's that he knows how to put on an event and he also knows how to take feedback and criticism mm-hmm. and apply it to the the next show that he does. Where every Game Awards has been better than the last, and like all like the things we bitch about are tightened up just a little bit more, just a little bit more the next time. And I think that as an idea. Summer Game Fest really could have worked with him kind of as the maestro of it all, like the the one guy that kind of like is making sure people aren't stepping on each other's toes. But it just seems like everyone got a little overzealous and didn't want to play nice. Like we saw it early on with the IGN Summer of Gaming, which if that from the beginning worked with Summer Game Fest, I think it would have been a lot clearer. But instead, they felt like two separate things that were competing for attention mm-hmm. um, and, and for, for competing for uh, debuts or exclusives or updates on games. And then it kind of just led it to, to where we're at now. And every Summer Game Fest specific exclusive thing that they did spoke to me. With Crash 4, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the things yeah. that were explicitly branded that way, I was all about. The dual this to be, thing. Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. For this to be the season finale of all of it, and for this to be the most entirely in control by Jeff Keighley uh, with the Summer Game Fest branding stuff, um, that is not just focused on one title, but is actually kind of showing something from everyone. I am extremely let down. Like I, I, this is, this was probably one of my least favorite events. And I think it's because of the spectacle that was presented to us. Like the set was fucking awesome. And the way that they were doing the show, 
uh, definitely had a lot of potential. But the things that they showed, and no matter how they set our expectations, which they did for this one going into it, they're like, hey, here are the games that are going to be here. You're just going to get some updates. There's going to be some surprises, but you know, don't expect too much. Somehow still was like, all right, then why did you put that much into this then? Do you, yeah, do you feel like I they, think, they, they, they kind of ruined it a little bit, though? Because I feel like if we didn't know going into this that we were going to get Ratchet and Clank and Fall Guys uh, Season 2 and quite a few of the other things that were some of the big hitters, I feel like some of the stuff could have hit harder. But because going in, like Ratchet and Clank and uh, Fall Guys were the two things they kept referencing over and over again to, to keep us in, that kind of took away some of the luster. I don't know. I don't think so, because especially with what we got from both of those, like, I think having them in the show, like, the show wasn't horrible, you know, and I think having those means that it's not horrible. The Fall Guys stuff was interesting, and I, I think that they kind of gave us exactly what they needed to do, which is just a, a tease of the future of this game that we're all addicted to right now. Could that have just been a tweet? Totally. But it being in this kind of made this kind of feel a little bit bigger. We were excited yeah. to see that. The Ratchet and Clank stuff is is weird, because, like, we're already sold in this game, and pretty much they're like, we already like this is the game everyone's talking about being next gen. And then they kind of just showed us a slightly longer version of what yeah. we saw at the PlayStation yeah. event. It's as if like this felt like a reactionary thing to something that didn't need a reactionary sort of uh feel for where like I could understand if maybe the last time they showed Ratchet, a lot of the crowd hated it. And a lot of the audience is like, ah, oh, what the fuck is, what are they doing with this? this looks, and then they're like, no, 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 we'll show you like an extended thing at the Gamescom event. Like they showed us more of a thing that we were already kind of stoked for, but it wasn't really any, there wasn't a whole lot of new there. I, I just feel like this whole thing, like the event being two hours, the, uh, the event being two hours would have made a lot more sense had we not had four months of a bunch of events already. Yeah. You know, like if we had, if we didn't have all these other cool games and cool shit being announced over this whole four months or whatever, five months, however long it's been, they could have squeezed some of those cooler announcements into here. But I just feel like they, I feel like it was stretched too thin. And also it's about an hour longer than what it should have been. You know, yeah. this, this feels like it happened almost because it needed to happen. Like if this mm -hmm. event didn't happen, I don't feel like we would have lost much because the bigger announcements from here could have ha <clears throat> could have happened in, in other presentations could have happened as yeah. one off tweets. But like looking back, I was taking notes during the event of what we saw. Right. And like, you know, Unknown 9 Awakening, Doom Eternal DLC, Dragon Age, uh, some game in, in game footage, not necessarily gameplay. Uh, you know, Wild Shadowlands, Crash 4, and now I'm going to scroll down to like a little bit more of the exciting things, right? Metal of Honor VR. 12 minutes was probably one of the, the big standout things there. But even like but, the announcement of that 12 minutes was cool looking, but it's the 12 minutes footage. Like it's not the exact footage, but it's basically what we've seen before. It was mm -hmm. them saying Willem Dafoe and uh, Daisy Ridley. Who was the last James one? McAvoy. James McAvoy. Which is huge. I mean, that's that, huge. That's the thing is like when we look at these announcements, we really have to break it down of like not just like oh was the game here. You need to ask what was shown about the game. Like what what is the actual announcement uh, that that is here? And I think that that for that game on this level of a stage is huge awesome. because that game that we've seen now many times at different uh, events over the years. But like now it's like oh shit! All of a sudden there is a new level of eyes on it. Yeah, and that yeah. game individually is, is handling their promotions super well in a way where one of the one of the bigger problems I think we've seen with Summer Game Fest is the fact that there is no 
communication or like good planning across the board as far as how individual developers and individual publishers are handing out handing out promo material of their game to these different folks and so like 12 minutes right we saw uh their big reveal at xbox's e3 i want to say last year and that got us all hyped and excited because that looked like something that was hype and exciting and today when we saw it like i i I feel like that game has been not necessarily missing, but like not they've not necessarily been been talking about it too much over the last year. And now yeah. we see it again. We still have that feeling of, oh yeah, I remember 12 minutes. That thing looked awesome. And then you do get the here's James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe, and that that knocks us away, as opposed to something like Godfall, which we've seen a billion times, and they and that game showed up here for like what a, a 10 second trailer oh, that was showing off yeah. the 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 cosmetic thing that like not really anybody cares about because we don't have a connection to godfall like that we don't have a like, context for the game yet yeah yeah like i'm i'm looking forward to godfall and even i was like i don't give a fuck about the thing they just showed yeah. me because i yeah like, i haven't played the game they can't well, so find what, a good ratio be, for that game like they, they either show way too much or way too yeah. little and like yeah. none of it that's why <laughs> it would have made sense if like you know we finished the godfall campaign and we loved it and then it's like hey everybody this this moth fucking butterfly thing cosmetic i don't know what it was but it was like yeah. sort of an insect look at them they're like oh it's available in the game oh, holy shit i never thought we'd be able to use this character but they showed this cosmetic for a game we don't know it really anything about and nobody's played it because it's not out i don't know yeah. it's just and it's so much of this felt really muddy and forced a game that we've seen like seven different times and each time has never felt just right as far as them showing off the game and, and them getting us excited about it uh i feel like that that kind of reverberates through a lot of these different announcements where some of them you know we're awesome, right? Like seeing more crash stuff is exciting. Uh, no, it's like not. If though. you're into, into crash, it, it's not. I'm super into crash, and like that's a perfect example to me of like, okay, what? Why was Crash Four shown at this? At the Sony uh, State of Play event we just saw it at for like the you know there was the reveal event Summer Game Fest. Cool, they're revealing the game. That's exciting. Then we saw it again at State of Play, and it's like, oh, there's these fun uh, retro like gimmicky things that, that can happen to the levels where it like looks like different paint styles or like photoshop filters and all that stuff and uh then they talked a bit more about the different challenge modes and stuff and i was like oh yeah cool that's great for this it's like oh hey there's a flashback mode it's like you're getting so nitty-gritty into stuff where it's like we know this game's coming <laughs> like mm-hmm. that yeah. game we saw what three minutes in this of crash 4 totally unnecessary when you really ask the question but why is it being shown and i hate when the answer is it's just an advertisement it reminds me of the video game expo like you're referencing blessing the the joel McHale days like that one that that show where like reggie and retro studios came and they're like gonna show off a new thing and it was like oh here's cranky and country granted that game was amazing that is one of the best 2d platforms of all time that was still a bad showing because like oh you came to the show just to show cranky kong and that's kind of what I got from here is like, okay, cool. I'm still I'm still gonna buy Crash. I'm still excited for it, but this is a weird, like, non-announcement. Yes. Yeah. It felt weirdly planned in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways that made it that very much made it feel like, oh, y'all are just getting shit together just to get shit together. You know, this doesn't feel like it has much purpose, right? And that and I think that that threw off a lot of the pacing, that threw off like a lot of the flow of the announcements. When we got to Surgeon Simulator 2 and they opened it with the back and back to the future stuff and got us hyped wow. for a back to the future game and then transitioned to oh wait, no, this is Surgeon Simulator 2. It's like what the fuck is going on here? What are you guys what doing? What a gut punch that was. Like, not either like even if it was a good back to the future game, I'd be a little suspicious of it. But the fact that they started with the music and with like the the, the tire tracks, like, yeah. And then they showed Doc Brown. I was like, okay, 
cool. It's like if you had like at the Game Awards, you had Vin Diesel and Mid- or uh, God, I've totally forgotten names. Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez, come out and they announced like Game I don't know, Gundam Extreme versus two or whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> that is their that is the thing they're bringing out. Like I understand why because Jeff Keighley is a nice guy, very much a star fucker. Very much likes the celebrity. There's aspect nothing wrong with Starfucker. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I said you need that sort of thing to get the numbers he does. But I, I, I bet he was like, "Oh, we getting Christopher Lloyd on here? Can he wear the Back to the Future stuff? Cool. We'll find an announcement to make him work with it. That's it. Yeah, and like that. Those. I understand why he did that. I understand that does get numbers. But boy, is it disappointing when you want. It. If you're a Back to the Future fan, that whole thing must have been a roller coaster ride that never went back up. Yeah, I, and that, that's rough. Go for it, Andy. I, I think this is just uh, I, I think it's hard to put on a show like this, especially with how big and kind of huge last year's was. Um, but it wasn't. And so that was the Death Stranding reveal. That's all. But, but it was. But it was still like on a big stage in front Don't of a lot of people, Erica. and it and it still felt Game like. It still felt like a bigger deal than this was or whatever. Yeah. I think it's just because the game shown or whatever. And I'm sure that I wonder if the thought ever was there of should we even do this because we have all these other events happening right now? Should we even do this? I think one of the key things that shows me that this is an event for the sake of having an event was when Teardown was shown and Teardown looks great. But yep. Keely introduced it and said, I, I love the way it looked. And I asked the developer to put together a trailer for this. And to me, that's just like, it just seems like you're reaching for other titles. Now, granted, again, the game looks great. I'm not taking away from the game. But when you're reaching out to developers saying like, can you put something together? Because this would be awesome to be on this show. It feels like you're really stretching yourself in. Yeah. And it's it's hard to, I'm looking at this list of games right now that I wrote down as we're doing this. And it, it feels very... Uh, opening night live 1.0 which we saw last year that i remember when they they did it i was so excited about the premise and i hate that once again we're a year later and i'm still just excited about the premise like i like gamescom having this one kind of press conference type thing event that we can actually watch and get excited about gamescom in a way that previously we would only get excited about for either e3 or publisher specific events right like gamescom all of a sudden now has a home for announcements on a stage on top of that Jeff Keighley's really the only person that has created a uh, a venue for PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox to potentially all be on the same stage announcing games at, at once, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a fun to that. And we're just lacking that. <laughs> like, we're just not really seeing the full potential of that right now, which is really kind of upsetting in a year that is launching two new pieces of hardware, right? Which is kind of like, that's the yeah. problem, is that Sony and Microsoft are still playing chicken on everything, price, release date even software so i'm i'm shocked they put they let ratchet come in there but for the most part in a situation where both consoles had their e3 or e3 equivalent shows like in the summer this gamescom probably would have been a lot bigger because this would have been the follow-up this would have been the time to show like okay yeah we showed you some horizon footage or some horizon targeted gameplay let's like look at what the game would look like actually running or demon souls or something like that or maybe Microsoft would have shown Halo Infinite or, you know, things yeah. along that line. But because it's been such a weird console launch, it's been such a weird summer, been such a weird year, obviously this kind of, the stuff that was supposed to be the trickle down doesn't get the trickle it needed. I mean, we haven't played these things yet, right? Like, that's yeah. the craziest thing, that if if E3 had happened, like, all four of us would have had our hands on 
Yeah, like Star Wars Squadrons. Like, well, I mean, definitely those games. Yeah. But I'm talking about even for next gen games. Like, yeah. we oh, would yeah. have played PS5. We would have played Series X. So it's like it's interesting now. Like looking at this list of games, where there is the things that you'd expect to be there, like some of the smaller titles or like weirder things like Sam and Max VR and things like that. Um, but we did get a couple exciting things. Star Wars Squadrons, like we're all already sold on it, but it was cool seeing it again. Like I do think that that was one where it's like, all right, like they're selling this game a little bit harder. Um, but then the the big one for me was Lego Star Wars, where mm-hmm. I got to see the first showing of that at last E3. And I was blown away where I was like, this looks very different gameplay wise from the old Lego games. Like they're taking this seriously. And it, it was surprising that the game's still not out now from when we first saw it. And this is the first time that like the public is seeing this game, right? And now it's still spring 2021. Um, but the game looks awesome. Yeah, and it got delayed. Like it, it was, I think it was supposed to come out this year, or at least I was convinced because I got it for my uh, PlayStation Fantasy Draft for PS Love You. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like that game looks great. I feel like the two times, the two major times we've seen this game now uh, at a presentation, like it's blown me away both times. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to to that, and that that is a uh, a great get, you know, for opening out live. Yeah. What what Andy? What got you most excited from this whole thing? I'd say uh, 12 minutes of so 12 minutes reveal was pretty damn great. Um, I, I'm just excited by smaller titles that kind of come out of nowhere. And obviously 12 minutes has not come out of nowhere. We've known about it for a while, but <laughs> the fact that it kind of keeps on getting more and more impressive. Um, and I don't know that the premise of that whole game just really excites me. I'd say just watching more ratchet and clank and how beautiful that game's going to be and how gorgeous it is and taking full advantage of the tech. Um, I'm trying to think of what other games. I wish I got a you got a list you could share me on. There's that Lemonus Gate or Lemon Lemonus Gate game Lemonous they showed, game. which was the yeah, thing we thought the, was a Steam game that's already out, but isn't. And yeah, like the 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 the, uh, the other time loop game that yeah. might be multiplayer, but we can't we can't tell because I, I don't know if they they really uh, sold it that well. But it looked cool. Like the trailer got me into it because I was like, this looks really fun with the with the time loop mechanic and the in the in the way they're talking about it oh lenisgate uh, yes lenisgate is that what it's called yeah that's what tim wrote down at least yeah you know what guys let's actually just go through let's go through okay. the show yeah. from the top and, and kind of just give our thoughts on everything so starting it off with call of duty cold war um this do anything for anyone it does for me i'll play this i'll play the campaign i really really enjoyed the modern warfare campaign that came out a year ago or two years ago how long i don't know what time is so crazy now dude what was the last was the last one world war ii or was it no it was modern warfare modern Modern warfare Warfare. yeah Yeah. and then the year before that was black ops 4 and then the year before that was world war 2 i think modern warfare was a fun campaign i think uh i think a lot of people just kind of assume that a lot of the modern warfare campaigns are just going to be phoned in and quick and easy and not really uh fully thought out and fleshed out but i had a blast with it i thought it was really damn good and it's a quick kind of eight to ten hour campaign that you can get through so i'm stoked for cold war Uh, i was a part of the event i got to see a lot of the sort of campaign um details about it and it looks super fucking cool i mean i i I think it's really interesting so i'm down for that cool yeah i'm I'm totally down for it i think the fact that call of duty took did the reveal themselves already like this last week kind of took the the steam out of this one for me sure. as far as yeah. like because when I, I when jeff Keeley talked about call of duty being at open night live 
I think it was earlier in the week where I was like, oh, cool. Like they're going to get the, the exclusive reveal for Call of Duty. And then when I, when I realized the Call of Duty was doing their own thing, I was just like, oh, so what? We're just going to see this the same trailer again. And I think there, this there, is a, a new newer trailer, but there's a level what that, uh, seen. there's a level that Gene Park wrote about. Um Gene Park from where does Washington, Park? Post. Washington, Washington Post. Post. Yeah, yeah. He he did a sort of a deep dive on the same thing that I uh, the same event that I was at the online event where um, you infiltrate a Russian facility and they the Russians have essentially recreated like small town any town USA kind of thing where they built out kind of a an American city like a little arcade and there's city streets and fake buildings and stuff. Uh, but there's a level that takes place in there which looks super awesome visually and just the whole vibe of kind of walking through this fake America uh, that's kind of built a little city block is really cool. I, I thought they were going to show that here because uh, Jeff was like, we got some exclusive stuff. So I thought that was going to be shown. Unfortunately, it wasn't. But um, yeah, that game, uh, I'm super stoked for it. I what it, I was like the thing they showed here? Uh, they showed the, the Reagan trailer. Yeah, just the new, the, just the new trailer. And I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get okay. They they said they're showing multiplayer in like a week or two, but I'm surprised that like September eighth. I I, I guess that's just that falls in line with how they do Call of Duty because they don't show off the campaign and game at the in the multiplayer at the same time usually. But it's August, and so I figured that maybe they would this time around. But who knows? Yeah. So then uh, we got Unknown Nine, right? That going with the CG trailer of the girl. Yeah, and the CG trailer looked cool, but it was confusing to me whether the game was called Unknown 9 Awakening or just Unknown 9, and then it ended, and it just said Unknown 9, and then there's just a whole bunch of other characters on this splash screen that didn't look like the girl we saw in the trailer That was not all. the girl. It I, looked I, like I, it, I feel no, like it's I got, an or something. Like, yeah, she's got to be grown up probably in that photo because I, I feel like she was a child in what we saw, and then they showed a bunch of teen kind of adults, like low, you know, mid-20s or something. So I assumed that she was one of the girls that we saw. Didn't, Maybe didn't not. She she put one of the bricks, like took out a brick, put something in, put the brick back, right? Then she goes, gets beaten up. And then later we see that like there's a bunch of like f- plants that have grown around the brick and somebody goes to take it out. I assume that was her when she was an adult. Exactly, Kevin. That's the same vibe I got. Same vibe I got. I'm looking yeah. at a at a Push Square article, and the whole the article is just called "Who Knows What Unknown Nine Awakening on PS5 Could Be About." And the whole article is just about how, yeah, we don't know what the game is about, but there is a YouTube description SEO. that, yeah, that is pretty much just an SEO post. But there's a YouTube description uh, that reads. Raised on the streets of Kolkata, India, and haunted by visions of her own death, Haruna struggles to understand her mysterious innate abilities to manipulate the unseen. A mentor soon helps Haruna hone her gifts, uh, teases her to access the mysterious hidden dimension known as the Fold, and propels her on a journey to unlock the mysteries of this new realm. And so, there you go. But does it say, is it like a side-scroller? Is it an adventure game? It's got to be a third-person adventure game. play as Haruna. Haruna Matata. It's a Haruna adventure mm-hmm. game. Then we got a little Doom Eternal, our first look at the uh campaign DLC, the Ancient Gods Part One. Um going through all this, you guys, all three of you reviewed Doom Eternal here on mm-hmm. Kind of Funny Games. It was and, uh, the first thing we put out, I think, in, in quarantine. quarantine. And yeah. we didn't even have video. <laughs> Man, yeah. That's crazy. That was when we were using the fucking application. Yeah. yeah. The web app. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys were, were pretty high on the game, like not as high as you, you maybe wanted to have been, but like you, you were stoked about it. Hearing you guys react to this was very, uh, 
disheartening. It sounds like no one really gives a shit. I think Blessing, he put it best when he, he was like, I played a lot of Doom Eternal. I don't know that I want to play a harder Doom Eternal. And that's kind of where I am too. It was like, that campaign was really good. I don't know that I want to go back there and just, you know, push at it for, push at a much harder thing, even if it is like more of a thing I like. I yeah. totally if agree. I, I, go for it. No, I was going to say, I totally agree. I, I enjoyed the game. If this were Doom Eternal 2, I'd probably be more uh, willing to get back to it. But the fact that it's added DLC to a game that I really enjoyed, granted, but I just don't feel the need to play Doom again. I don't know. Yeah, if I if I had a big critique with Doom Eternal, it would probably be that the game got just super hard at a certain point uh, toward the latter half. And with this being DLC that is following up on the events of that game, like I don't know if I want to, like Imran said, right, push harder on a thing. You know, that doesn't sound too fun to me plus like the 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 story and stuff there in doom eternal isn't necessarily what speaks to me either and so for the fact that this is like more narrative dlc i'm like all right cool i don't really care about the world anyway yeah alana and lawrence will love this because they love the lore in in doom i just don't i i was the type that read a couple of the little letters listened to a couple of the audio i don't even know if they're audio tapes honestly but (laughs) i list i did some of like the extra i did some of the extra reading and then i said okay let me just finish this game and then eight hours went by. I was like, all right, I'm almost done with the game. And then 12 hours went by. I was like, all right, cl- we're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the the Surgeon Simulator stuff as well. Uh, yeah. that we and Dragon Age 4. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the Surgeon Simulator thing was like, all right, cool. That was so right. weird. It was just distracting right. more than anything, right? Well, it's like weird having... like, that game's out today. So it was just like a big commercial for Surgeon Simulator 2, which is fine. Like that first game was really popular. I don't. I don't know anyone that was like clamoring for a new one, but I, I'm sure there were fans. It, yeah. uh, you know what it reminds me of? If Five Nights at Freddy's were getting announced and they were coming out with a brand new sequel, this sort of reminds me of that kind of announcement where this game was really huge at a time and it was like the number one video to watch and your favorite Let's Players were playing these games. But to me, I just, I don't know. It did. It was just totally a commercial and Doc Brown killed it charming as ever uh and then yeah we got the dragon age 4 kind of hey we don't have anything so here's what we have here's us outside please remember anthem that's what that's what that whole thing was it was like hey we know we fucked up before let's not talk about that let's talk about how the the next thing we're working on is a thing you like it was the next good type of rumble the next thing you're going to enjoy, and also we are all human beings working on this game. We are all people that, you know, you, you could know, and we're good people. Please be cool. Please don't hate us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be, chill. Be, be chill, chat. I, I think you're the biggest Dragon Age guy out, out yeah. of all of us. Did that do anything positive for you? It didn't do anything negative for me. I, I mean, I, okay. I along I, I'm the same with Imran. As the trailer was going, and it's concept art after concept art, you start to get the vibe of, oh, we're not going to really see shit here. It's just going to be like developer talking. But then we did see kind of here's what some abilities look in a half built uh, level. We're just kind of showing off our our level design and enemy design and some combat mechanics. That's not really what I want to see, though. Like, I want to see an actual story trailer. You know, I don't even need to see gameplay. Just show me a sort of story trailer thing with in-game footage, you know? Yeah. Uh, Next up, we got Bridge Constructor. 
The Walking Dead. What the fuck was this? Started off with a live action trailer <laughs> that was was bizarre and unclear. And then it was like, oh, it's a zombie thing. And it's like, oh, it's bridge constructor, the walking dead. And it's just like so many just different things where it's like, huh. If the walking dead was like the big thing you're you're going for, maybe lead with that. Maybe have something that's a little bit more familiar than maybe Napoleon Dynamite. That is British Constructor. Like, and yeah, the, the way they le- they led into it was just very weird. Like, I I know British Constructor Portal was a thing that came out uh, a couple years ago, right? And that would be like if they led with Shell jumping through the different portals, and you saw that, and all of us were like, "Oh snap!" And then like they just transitioned to the British Constructor. I got those vibes, not as egregious, but yeah. By the time we got to British Constructor, it was like, okay, look, I cool. think it's a funny idea. I think it's a funnier idea if I just sort of come across it, laugh once, and then I'm like, all right, cool. And I kind of just like forget about it. But it's, I don't know. Bridge Constructor games are, they're also popular and they're also things that people like. I don't know what the crossover is between people who really want to take over or bring the, the sidest of side characters from Walking Dead onto a bridge being chased by zombies. You call him a shown a side character? Eugene? Eugene is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. fair. Fair. Oh man. Um, then we got Sam and Max VR. I got no- I was a huge Sam and Max fan when I was a kid. I got nothing, like no emotional response from this. And, like, and I mean, so if you're not then, if you're a huge fan and you're not, like I wonder who is. Like I wonder who's out there that's like VR is gonna be the thing that makes Sam and Max relevant in 2020. This feels like, hey, we have this IP. What do we do with it? It's like, yeah, I don't know, mm, VR? Mm. Yeah, what's 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 the sort of market that is brand new and exciting and untapped and everybody's going after? Let's go after VR. I just it's a total weird announcement. I just don't see the I don't see the appeal at all. Even like you're saying, uh, Imran, being a Sam and Max fan, like I just don't understand what the point of that was. Yeah, like I think whatever the 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 trickling of Telltale IPs that came out. And people don't want to make Telltale games. It's like, well, that's probably what Telltale failed, is they made games that there was no market for anymore. But they have these IPs, they want to do something with them. So this is what they came up with. And it just, I don't know, maybe it's amazing, but this doesn't look, it didn't really do anything for me. Did World of Warcraft Shadowlands being a 15-minute presentation do anything for you? It did not. My girlfriend was more excited than I am, and even then she was like, eh. So yeah. I, yeah, I, that was way too long for a short. Like, it's not even like Blizzard's like really cool CG shorts that they do every year. Yeah, that's what I thought was yeah. going to be. That's what I was excited for. I thought it was yeah, going to be are, like a beautiful cinematic experience for, I don't know, maybe three, four minutes. That's all we need. But it was a long, drawn out animatic about lore that you're showing that know hope, about. You're showing that hoping, like, granted, keep this in mind. A large chunk of the WoW fan uh, player base has no idea what the story is in World of Warcraft, and like, <laughs> I know, and I know that as like because me and all my friends didn't give a shit about the story. It was just leveling with your friends or whatever. And I know for a fact that a large portion of the fan base doesn't know what the story is. And showing a long ass animatic to a gaming audience, not even like World of Warcraft. This isn't a BlizzCon thing. Show that at BlizzCon. Don't show that here. You know. Yeah, totally. Show that at BlizzCon. At a WoW panel, <laughs> like yeah. so that, you're getting, yeah. you need to get real specific because not only did they they do that, they then followed it up with like even more like gameplay stuff, and it was like, all right, guys, like we get it, like cool, it's coming October 27th. Was that new information? 
I'm not sure. I, I, no, I, I, think that was I, I couldn't tell hey, you. Red, was the date for WoW I, new? I think that was new. Okay, she can't hear me, so never mind. I think <laughs> right, well, if that was new, cool. At least Those that's angels the why. What you said, Les? I like how I liked how tall the angels were. Very yeah, tall. Yeah. Very tall angels. So, very I, tall. Think, tall. I think it was you, Tim, who said, like, Activision probably paid for the screens. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more I think about it, like, began with Call of Duty, then we went into, like, Crash, uh, yeah. then this as well. Like, yeah. I mean, Act- Activision they, really digs Jeff Keighley. Apparently. Because, yeah. like, the, he also got the Tony Hawk exclusive and the Crash exclusive when those were both being announced. Like, they really, like, no joke, I, it seems like they have a partnership that works. I mean, it makes sense. Like, that's the thing is, like, he does have a stage to present things, and I think he does it very well at times. And uh, I think that the Summer Game Fest stuff we saw of him do for Tony Hawk and Crash were 10 out of 10. They nailed those. Uh, but then with this, moving on to Crash 4, man, like I was saying earlier, it's just kind of like uh, what wh- the why. We're missing the why. And I really felt like it was them being like, oh, we can do a funny bit for Gamescom. How much money must have that cost to get that I mean- done? They had to at minimum have paid off whoever owns that center to like be able to get in and film. Insane. <laughs> like that's crazy. And like to ship that that crash costume can't be cheap. Paying an actor, paying a <laughs> camera crew to go shoot all that. And like it's just so weird because it feels so meta. Like the joke. Shipping of, like, the crash hey, costume is probably the cheapest thing though. Out of all, like out of all those things you listed, but that's probably cost like fifty bucks. No way. That's a big ass costume. Man. I just realized really? that they probably so? put like they probably put some German guy in there, and that's why they had the face mask cover the thing. Oh yeah, so he could yeah. actually like not be a different person. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't ship an actor. They didn't like fly an actor <laughs> to Germany. They just had a local dude who was like who read a Craigslist uh, listing and was like, "Sure, I'll get in this in this Bandicoot costume." <laughs> yeah, I just man, it's disappointing because like that that whole crash bit was just like again, it went on too long. Another little dev interview. That's like, what are you? What are you guys doing, man? Just so maybe a tight trailer and just move on. Yeah. Uh, Some of those dev interviews definitely went on like minutes longer than they needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Then then we got some outriders. Um, and was that a trade or was that just a commercial or was that actually something new? There was it some was, gameplay. Yeah, it was it was uh I feel like it was new story stuff that they're kind of revealing. Um, were we talking over it and not listening? Yes. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> but Outriders is fucking awesome. It's a game I'm super excited about. Um, it's insanely fun to play. Uh, I it's a game that I went to an event for in January, and that you know crazy that I flew this year, and then uh, came back to the first impressions with blessing. Got an email saying, "Hey, do you want to play it again? We have new stuff to show off." And I basically kind of begged Blessing to play with me because I just had so much fun and I was really excited to play it again. I'm stoked for Outriders. I don't really know what that little trailer was about, but it's a cool-ass game that I plan on, plan on playing the shit out of. Yeah. Then we got Teardown, uh, which I would say was the standout smaller title of this entire showcase. Where, um, I'd never heard of it before. Andy, it seems like you have. Uh, but it's kind of like the voxel-based, anything can be destroyed uh very minecraft looking but very very pretty and uh what i loved it because to me it was a perfect showing of a game where you don't know about this you start watching it you're like oh that looks kind of fun that looks kind of cool and then there's that twist of the gameplay hook where they're like oh it's a fucking heist and you're setting up a heist before you're uh running through it that looks cool as hell yeah really really cool and not not just even setting it up it's just the idea of finding creative ways to escape while you're in the midst of it so it's not just let me plan this out and then i know exactly the path 
you could accidentally shoot a fucking building and the building crumbles, but then the telephone pole gets knocked over and you're like, oh, I could use that to climb up onto that higher portion of this building. It, this is one of those games that every once in a while, Twitter will kind of go viral with a new indie game. And this was one of those titles that popped up and everybody was saying, whoa, you know, I can't wait to play this. You know, when is this coming out? You know, Steam wishlist, all that jazz. Um, yeah, the game looks super great. And I think this version had a lot better just shading and uh, environment. I noticed that. The lighting was great. On Twitter, the lighting was, it, it looked like a basic Minecrafty game. And this one, there was like a lot of really good smoke effects and, and fire. It and looked like, it, it looked like those everything. videos you watch of like Minecraft with ray tracing turned on. Yeah. And it looks like a different game. It almost looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Little Nightmares 2 uh, come in February 11th. Not sure if we we knew it was coming in February. I don't think that we knew that the actual date. Now we do. Um, and yeah, it looks scary as shit. People really like the first scary. game. And, and that, to me, that's how you show off one of these type of games. Just show yeah. a trailer. Make it look interesting. Let's go. Make yeah, it look interesting. Be... This is a co-op game, I'm guessing. Just but there's two characters. I'm guessing it's like yeah. a two player. So that seems neat. I, find somebody you want to be scared with. Yeah, this is, I think you're totally right, Tim. This is the way to show a game where it's, you have to make new audiences give a fuck about the game. And for a lot of people who are watching this and have never even heard of or seen Little Nightmares, this is obviously the sequel and it's scary as shit. And they showed kind of all the right little beats to make you go, oh man, that would be so much fun to play with my significant other or my best friend. Uh, Me and Blessing plan on playing, doing a full playthrough. 100%. 100%. You know what else is scary, guys? Credit card Ads. debt. Ladies and gentlemen, you should know that this episode was brought to you by Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> in these know. economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money at every month uh, at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows that you are more than just your credit score. Now's the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high-interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Uh, That just stuff just helps. One of my really good friends was going through some issues, and really it was just that there was too many different things that he owed. So consolidating it in one place with Upstart has made his life so much better. Uh, It was fast and simple to check his rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull only happens if you accept the rate um, and proceed. You can free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. You can see why Upstart is a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kindoffunny to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Uh, your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and other certain information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Upstart.com slash kind of funny. And also, shout out to ExpressVPN. Andy, I got a question for you. All right. Tell me, Tim. Tell when me. you use the bathroom, you are you always close the door behind you in public, right? All the time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you, right? Absolutely. So why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Uh, did you know that every single website you visit is seen by your internet service provider, whether it's Comcast or Verizon, they're watching you and all the creepy things that you do. 
Uh, what's worse is they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. ExpressVPN simply puts a stop to all this. Uh, I've been using it. It's great. I've been uh, looking at whatever I want to look at. I'm not looking at anything weird, but if I was, no one would know. Uh, the best yeah, part you is are. Yeah, you are. using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. Uh, ExpressVPN is the number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, and The Verge, among many others. If you're like me and believe your online activities, your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use the link expressvpn.com slash kind of funny, and you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. Back to it. Next up, we got Star Wars Squadrons. That game looks hot as hell. Mm-hmm. It does. I'm into mm-hmm. it. What I'm was the it. new thing shown here? Because I didn't write that down. I didn't write that down either, and so I do not know. <laughs> but I will say this was one of those. I ones... mean, they showed off some campaign stuff. They they showed off what you we would saw do wedge in there. Single... Yeah, they would do some. Sing... They were showing single player stuff. They were showing how the world looks in VR when you're kind of in your base. I think all that stuff was new, I'm pretty sure, where you're looking around and you see your ship, you see the captain here, and you see all these other people walking around in the background. I think all that stuff was new, I'm pretty sure. Either way, I love that this game's coming so soon. Like, October 2nd. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. We are just a little bit over a month away from from being able to play this thing. Um, It's insanely exciting. Yeah. And regardless, like earlier I was saying, and I still stand by that, like I want the why of why these games are being shown, not just like, oh, because it had to be there. But I do think that uh, exceptions can be made when it's literally like just a trailer length of things where it starts to feel more like an ad. And when that things that works for things like Little Nightmares, too. And I think it worked here where it's like, hey, this Star Wars game actually looks awesome, guys. Like, yeah, because it was officially revealed at EA Play in like June, right? And so, like, yeah, this the is like the the one Greg was on. And so, this this game hasn't necessarily had the um, the the um, launch rollout that we've seen other games have, where it is, oh yeah, multiple years we're getting a bunch of trailers. Like, this is like the second trailer for this game, not counting mm-hmm. like because I know there was the pre EA Play trailer, and then there was the EA EA Play breakdown, and now we're getting this. But this doesn't feel like a oh yeah, we're seeing this for the tenth time. Like, I'm yeah. I'm down to see this game still. It seems like the new thing here was the single player campaign, like actually showing that stuff off. So like a, a full story mode and cutscenes and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. apparently Wedge is in it. So yeah, that that's all looks super cool. I, that's mainly what I'm getting that game for. I I know there's a multiplayer thing for it. I just want to put on a VR headset and like, you know, yep. touch a flight stick while Star Wars sounds are made in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just want to hear like the, the how do TIE fighters sound like it's like a spit, like the fire the way they fire, like Oh, like the real, actual like, laser. Real bad, they type... Andy. I don't I don't like are they, aren't they? Aren't they the? Kim, 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 no, kim, it's like, like a. No? It's a, it sounds like a sounds like a fart kind of like. Bram, bram, bram. No, fuck. <laughs> Maybe. I'm usually your I, biggest impression fan. I don't know if sound effects are your thing. I, I know right. what sound effect you're talking about. I don't know yeah, if those are tight. I, I know. It's, I know what you're talking about. It's you never should, been a satisfying sound effect. I'll say that. You should have a show called Second Impressions, which is just blessing and Andy <laughs> making impressions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next up, we got uh, sticking with Star Wars. Uh, Sims Four is getting a little Galaxy's Edge Batu expansion situation. A lot of Star Wars stuff in Sims. I'm sure that's cool. thrilling for the people that are, are still yeah. playing Sims. Cool stuff. 
I don't know. It's a, it's pretty in depth crossover. Good for them. It's the kind of thing like if I go to if I go to my friend's house in The Sims, like I want to see a normal dining table. I want to see a refrigerator. I'm not trying to see a cantina and stuff. Quit showing <laughs> off with your expansion, you know. That's like that's kind of where I'm at, right? Like when I when I when I hear about The Sims and read about The Sims, the thing the thing that excites me is hearing when they have an expansion that's all about knitting. Right. Or like they have an yeah. expansion that's all about, hey, Island Paradise. Like that's the stuff that excites me. If I go over to your house and Jar Jar Binks is sitting there, I'm like, yo, get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing with Jar Jar Binks here? Go watch I'm Star right Wars. With I, I'm I right think, with you. I'm right with you. So they did like nothing with Star Wars for the first five years. They had that license. And now like in the back half, they're like doing all sorts of shit. I want them to go further. I want like weird Star Wars stuff in Madden. I want the. <laughs> <laughs> you can play as a Star Wars team in FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the ball should be BB-8. Oh, shit. oh, you're going too far. No, like, <laughs> he makes the sounds and he celebrates when you win. And there's wanna, an ability where it was episode nine racer. Why the fuck? There's, not? An, there's an ability where BB-8 where he's about to hit the goal, but then he shoots out those little like grappling hooks that prevent him from going past the goal. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> we're thinking we're game designers here, guys. We're thinking no. about this. Episode awesome. nine racer is you need to hold up a dagger to figure out where the racing line is. <laughs> uh, next up, we got 12 minutes, which the reveal there was the voice cast is James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe, which is OP as all fuck. Hell of a cast. Holy shit. Damn. Huge. Yeah, so so cool. Love seeing Daisy really still do stuff, you know. Yeah, it's like, but also I, James McAvoy is like one of my favorite actors. Like he's the only reason why I enjoyed the new uh, X Men stuff. Or I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy him, but you know, he was like the best thing about them <laughs> in, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, X Men, and then we got Godfall. What the fuck did we see there? <laughs> I don't know. I blinked and I missed it. Yeah, it's same. Legit, I tabbed over, tabbed back, and I was like, is that Godfall? And then it was done. Dude, it's super bizarre because like it was it was so fast, like too fast. Um, they really didn't show anything except the moth costume, and like even that's debatable. Like, was that the focus of this? Or did, did I that think just that was a in it? Um, but what's weird is like something we need to keep in mind is this was a live show. This is one of the the first shows of the entire summer that we saw that was actually live actually live interviews cutting between a whole bunch of different things and i do think a couple of the more awkward moments that we got in this uh were because somebody may or may not have switched over too quickly and i think this might have been one of those yeah. cases there was a couple of abrupt ones where just like nothing it didn't fade out or anything just went right back to jeff keely he yeah. was ready so like i assume that was you know planned but it's strange mm -hmm. we never have tech issues so it's fine <laughs> Yeah. Um, next up, we have Warframe, the heart of Dimos. Wait, no, hold on a second. All right, we we have one person <laughs> running the show, and a lot of times he's playing with his dog. All right, that's that's the whole issue. They have a whole team, a whole team of people that are doing. You got to imagine there's a dude on headphones being like one, two, pointing at him. You yeah, know what I mean? You guys I couldn't totally see me it. point, but I I did the countdown <laughs> no, point. Course, yeah, oh, wait. you did the one, two, and you did that little like wave alive. thing. Yeah, I love that wave. Warframe look cool. Yeah, I this wish I, I I wish I played that game more. This is supposed to be the expansion. It's like if you're new to Warframe, this is like more single player style content. So maybe this will be the thing that actually like makes me play Warframe. Because like the idea of a, a multiplayer Devil May Cry style game with like cool sci-fi fantasy aesthetics sounds amazing. I just can't get myself invested somehow. What if, Imran? What if me and you, we got together. We did a kind of funny first impressions of the first hour of Warframe Heart of Deimos. I I'm for it. I'm way for it. 
<laughs> but you have Nick guess what it's about. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, my, my problem with Warframe, uh, what, kind of adding on to what you're saying, Imran, is I feel as if there's too many aesthetics. Yeah. And that's what kind of throws me off is that the vibe of it, I just, I've never known what they were going for. And I know at first it started off as this sort of, you know, you're this sleek ninja suit, you're doing cool backflips and stuff. But then there are, I just feel like it's everything's just thrown at the wall and they're like, yeah, fuck it, throw that in there too. Yeah, whatever that is, yeah, get that shit in there too. And I, I just, it's too much. It's too much. There's a Warframe spirit in Smash Brothers. And every time I pass by, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, right, Warframe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I never know what Warframe actually is until that logo pops up and it says like, okay, this is Warframe. That looks cool. That That weird skeleton in like, pawn armor looks awesome but it has no like visual identity for me then we got uh override 2 super mech league which uh is a sequel to a game that we did at a party mode of a long time ago where you're just giant mechs beating the shit out of each other concept was cool game was pretty fun didn't run that well but hopefully this one coming out on next gen is gonna help that they announced a special no i don't think i've ever played it so blessing and Imran, what one really cool thing that I enjoyed about it was they have a co-op mode where one of you are controlling the attacks and one of you are controlling the maneuvering. Mm. So they have sort of this co-op mode where Pacific um, shit. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you'd be like, all right, jump forward. I'm gonna I'm, and I'm gonna attack. You know, so there's kind of that maddening uh, overcooked style. I'm getting mad at you because you're not doing what I want you to do. Gameplay aspect to it. But um, yeah, I don't really know. I didn't even know that part one fully officially came out. But that's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with sequel. you. I'm with you. Um, then oh, yeah, they, frozen. is he? Yeah, or is he playing a trick on us? <laughs> no, he's definitely. Frozen. <laughs> Can you hear us, plus? <laughs> he can't. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so bad. So funny, but it is. It's just like I put, I buy it that he's just fucking with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has the Damn mental it. fortitude to do that. I would have thought he wasn't frozen until somebody in chat said, "I think Blessing's frozen." <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like maybe his computer's off. Uh, ring. Ring, ring doorbell. Uh, all right, looks like he's on his phone now. Let me remove Greg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of funny game. Chats, everyone. Uh, Thank you very I much. think I have one. What, what's that look like? Nope, that's definitely not it. Just so. Up. But oh, while while we, let, we can continue the show here a little bit. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what hell, Today man. has been way too much fun. In a way, it really shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, real unprofessional. Kevin, where the fuck is my plan? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. If I had Hold to on. hear about your... I'm going to hey. go to your house and burn the fucking plant. I just <laughs> burn it, Kevin. Burn that stupid ass plant. Um, hold on. Here we go, guys. I, I just got a PR email um, about the Godfall reveal. Three new Valor plates showcased. Oh, so that's what... what it, yeah, officially oh, Valor, Valor plates. Plate. That's huge what towards are Valor the endgame. That's huge um, towards endgame. The three new Zodiac-inspired Valor plates, Mesa, Typhoon, and Vertigo. Uh, and explained what valid planes are and how they affect gameplay. So none of that out. happened. None, yeah. none, of that was, <laughs> none of that was part of that. That was what they said happened, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but okay, Super Mech League Two also said that there is a special crossover to be expected in September that'll be announced. 
I wonder what that's going to be. You think it's going to be like fucking Optimus Prime? Maybe Gundam? I was I saw that. I was thinking like what would be a cool crossover for that thing that's not like, you know, a obviously it would be like a Nintendo or a console exclusive or whatever. Transformers sounds like a reasonable thing of like, okay, yeah, you'd have to deal with Hasbro, but it would be super cool. Well, yeah. in Override 1, the oh, what's the damn, what's the main sort of protagonist in arms? Was it Springman? Springman, yeah, you know how Springman's kind of the logo and Tracer's mm-hmm. kind of the logo for Overwatch or whatever. Uh, the main sort of protagonist all around Mario Smash Bros. This is the guy that you want to use if you kind of want to be a jack of all trades. His vibe looked very much like an Optimus Prime character, like the the blocky face with the blocky chest, and all of it sort of looked like, oh, this is Optimus Prime slash Gundam ripoff. Um, I could totally see that happening. I could totally see a Transformers. A uh, little, uh, little cool tie-in. I, if I had to, like, if you asked me which one would I pick, I would say BT from Titanfall. I think oh, putting wow. BT from Titanfall in there would be super cool. I would that say would be, that the would original be awesome. Megazord. Oh, yeah, that would be neat, too. It'd be a good cool. dragon sword. It would be pretty cool, just like our background right now. Yeah. Um, uh, let- I'm working on rebuilding it. Sorry. Cool. It doesn't cool. look like Blessing's coming back. Just a heads up. I don't know if you guys are seeing Discord, but he's gone for good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his internet sounds like it's out. So, hey, it's all good, like, man. You take, um, you take shit as it goes. You know, yesterday we were having a lot of fun with this, the background that we played with, but then it left it broken for this particular <laughs> setup, so um. I'll have to fix it. Um, then we got Lennis Gate, which was the, the time loop multiplayer game question. Yeah. Mark? It's I theoretically like that, like a, that game is already out on steam. That's I don't remember the name of, but you go in, you do your 25 seconds and then your previous life still exists in the next round. So you could like shoot at somewhere. You think the next person is going to be, or oh. it, it's it's a cool idea. I don't know how this one is different from the thing that already exists, but I'm if it's a concept that a lot of uh, multiplayer shooters are picking up now, that's interesting to me. But yeah. I also I also didn't quite understand if this is a multiplayer or not because I I, 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 I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like the concept there is I feel like the concept they were pitching was more of a uh, like a roguelite, you know? How you doing, bless? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm with you, Andy. That's why I, I literally just wrote down like multiplayer question mark. Like, I is it? What game are you talking about? I don't know. Lemon, the Lemonis? Lumens. Lenniscape. Lenny. Lemonis. <laughs> Luminous Productions. It looks Lemonis. cool, but yeah, I don't. They didn't really do a good job of actually telling us what that game is. Well, is Lenniscape the name of it? Because I just typed Lenniscape and a uh, Lem- playing tennis came up. L e m n i s space gate. Not a great name. Lemnus. Unless I, unless I'm looking at a different game. I just think of Lemnus bread. Lemba spread. Hmm. All right, here we go. I got a Polygon article. Uh Lemnusgate is the live die repeat of strategy games. Uh the time actually let me see how long this article is before I read this whole thing. Oh wow, this is long. <laughs> Actually, it's not that long. Uh, The time-bending first-person shooter, Lemnus Gate, took center stage on Thursday during the Gamescom online presentation hosted by Jeff Keighley. Developed by Rap Loop Games Canada and published by Frontier Developments, uh, each multiplayer round takes place... So it's multiplayer. Each multiplayer round takes place across only 25 seconds of real time, but thanks to its futuristic conceit, players players can layer on additional moves to create a layered dynamic round of play. 
Hmm. Uh, they go on to talk about, let's see, quote, you play in first person and a character and a character A. Oh, I see. You play in first person and character A becomes what you did first. Uh, said game director James Anderson. He continues, after you're finished with your 25 seconds, that gameplay will loop over and over again until the end of the match. This so sounds exactly like game? that other game. Quantum yeah. League. Quantum League is the game we're thinking of. Quantum League, thank you. Yes. And yeah, it sounds exactly the same. It sounds yeah, just like Quantum League. Identical, yeah. But Quantum League is a third person, right? Yes. Yeah, Quantum League is third. No, it no, is it's first person. person. It's first person. It mm -hmm. has yeah, cartoon characters, but... Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's crazy. That's the same concept. Yeah. So then, then we saw Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga coming next spring. I'm pretty stoked about this. Like, I think that uh, yeah. it looks like kind of what I'd be looking for for a Lego game. There was voice acting, and that's not usually a thing in these games, right? There's they, some that they do. Like, they used to not do them at all. Then I think wait. with the Lego Batman games, they started doing them. Yeah, they definitely do them in the Marvel games. Spirit yeah. voices in those. So that, that would make sense. What, but the Star saying, Wars like, games didn't have it, though, right? Not that I recall. Hmm. You keep saying, like, Tim, that this one's different. What's different about it? So what's different about it is just the, the way that the gameplay is. It, it's a bit more uh, Gears of War style camera hmm. than, than what we're more traditionally to, where it, it almost, it, it's it's almost person, looking like, more like a third-person shooter than a platformer. And we saw a little bit of this in the gameplay here, uh, both them running around but also a lot of the vehicle based stuff where in the lego games there's vehicle based things where you're going around but it always felt more like mario on a koopa shell as opposed to you know mm -hmm. oh being in a warthog in halo if that makes any mm -hmm. sense yeah no, no, i get you that makes sense <laughs> but yeah looking at the, the the behind the scenes or behind closed doors demo they showed us last year at e3 i was like oh my god this is like a huge step up for for these lego games like they showed uh, it was Luke just walking around Tatooine, and like even the way like the sand of Tatooine looked, I was like, they're going for a different vibe with this. Um, so we'll see if it all works, but I, I think that with all the delays and stuff, like they're they're trying to make this one different. I will say though, like it just still doesn't look pretty to me, and it could just be really that's how reflections pop off not, of plastic, and that's the aesthetic mm -hmm. that they're rolling that they're going for. But a lot of it still looks. As if there hasn't been a lighting pass done to it, or like an a, an ambient occlusion pass, it still looks very. It still looks pretty stripped down to me. I don't know. Yeah, they don't look enough like Clank in that Ratchet and Clank trailer. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely taking their time though, because if you saw an E3 last year, mm -hmm. I've never known a Lego game to like take longer than the reveal year to actually come out. And yeah. now they're saying spring for next year. They're like it's a big undertaking. It's all nine movies, which mm -hmm. is what's most interesting to me. But they seem to actually want to take their time with it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next up, we got struggling, which was horrifying. If you're a fan of the words "meat" and oh, "hole" put one. together, yeah, this one might be to, real. struggling to watch it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know about that. Uh, then we got Little Home, the Dark Pictures anthology, coming October 30th. Little Hope. Little home, yeah, yeah, a small tiny home. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was thinking about that super hard, and I was like, little home, little house home. Hunters, little home. <laughs> yeah, uh, man of a dan didn't really do it for for you guys, but did this one inspire any more hope? So this one is going to depend little, a little, a little. That was, good. That was very good. <laughs> hey, I'll play it, but if like if they do the same fucking twist again, then I'm just gonna I'm yeah. done with these games because it was mm. it's the same twist every time. 
Yeah, that's my thing. Is that, and I think they have to. I think at this point they have to liven things up because I think they know that there is such high expectation for them uh, coming off of Until Dawn and Man of Dawn just wasn't the one. The fact though that these games are supposed to come out yearly with the dark, for the Dark Pictures anthology though gives me some concern because if that's the case, then I don't know if you can have that same level of quality that you had with Until Dawn. Uh, they were but... supposed to be a lot faster originally. Like I think uh, pre-COVID. I did an interview with them. They said like they wanted three to five a gener no not a generation three to five a year? every two Chapters, years episodes or okay yeah so like it was going to be like very very fast like every six months it was going to be a game release and mm-hmm. I guess based on Man of Medan and the bad reaction to that game they probably went back to the drawing board to actually like work on this some more so that's the, as bad as Man of Medan was nothing like bad disappointing I should like say. mediocre yeah. I think that actually makes me more encouraged for a sequel because I think they recognize what was wrong with it. Well, especially with the release date. Like, it's pretty cool coming the day before Halloween. That's like a yeah. good time frame for this type yeah. of thing. Hopefully. Hopefully something special. Uh, next up, we saw Chorus with a V. Corvs. Corvs. Coming 2021. Cool. It looks neat. F- flying. Yeah. 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 That game looks neat. I just don't know. Like, it looks... I don't... It looks like any gen- generic fight game to me, or generic like track-based fight game. There was anything besides looking graphically impressive. There wasn't anything that really stood out to me about it. I agree. I totally agree. And and like I said, I feel like Rogue Squad or uh, uh, just not Rogue Squadrons, but just Squadrons. I'm gonna have my fill of, you know, I'm in a cockpit and I'm fighting shit. Yeah. This looks more like a Star Fox. I'm fighting shit. (laughs) But this looks like Star Fox without any of the character. And I don't just mean Star Fox. I mean, like, the dialogue is what makes Star Fox so fun. And, like, the, you know, kind of frantic campiness of having the the, the team together. Like, that's what makes it interesting. Like, I feel like that type of game, like, Panzer Panzer Dragoon is another good example of, like, how to do that game. But, like, that even has a character to it, even if they're not talking back and forth. Like, the world feels a bit more interesting than just you're in you're in a colorful space yeah and that's i think part of this is maybe it's just the initial trailer so who knows like it can't judge the whole entire game on it but the environments were just okay here's space here's space around meteors here's like a space station it's like okay are do we go on to like a cool looking planet is there like a star wars equivalent of like that red cloud planet with yeah. like yeah that that's the stuff i want to see and that would make that game more interesting this so I'm I just out of curiosity I went and looked up the developer of this uh, Fish Labs, and they have a really interesting interesting history because the last game they did or the last games they did were um, uh, Saints Row Four Reelected and Saints Row the Third for Nintendo Switch and Man of War uh, for Nintendo Switch, and then before that all they all they did were iOS and Android games, mm-hmm. uh, and like none of them of which I've heard of, like Secret Files and Galaxy on Fire, Sacred Legends, like stuff I haven't heard of. I'm sure people have, uh, and Dead Island Survivors for iOS and Android. So this is like for all intents and purposes their first original game, uh, which you know is pretty exciting. But yeah, at the same time, I, nothing from the trailers we've seen for it so far have yeah. leapt out of me. Good luck to them, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Uh, then we got Medal of Honor Above and Beyond VR, which they talked about for approximately 12 hours. <laughs> um, it was a long time, dude. This was like in a show that was already stretched out and too long. This just further supplanted that, 
you know, did we really need to do any of this? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like the, the Q and A was just way too long. That the way you just show it off is, hey, you're killing Nazis in VR, and and it's Medal of Honor, and and it's Vince Sampella just maybe just saying a couple of words here, but that whole dev Q and A at the end was just so long, man. We don't we. This isn't the show for that, you know. I mean, Vince Sampella just come out. You just nailed it, Andy. Hey, it's Medal of Honor in VR. Check it out. Yeah. Trailer. Yeah. <laughs> you know on. us. We're respawn. We fucking rule. Check yeah. out this thing we're we working on miss. as well. Yeah. yeah. Re- respawn don't miss. miss. But I, I also don't know that like this may be the first respawn game I don't really play. Cause like honestly, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's gonna be a great VR game. It's just not for me, I don't think. It seems and I like don't a have cool VR. Yeah. <laughs> I have VR, but apparently, if I want to use my Quest, I have to link it to my PC. You and need I don't it. Just do that. you need a USB-C cable. That's it. Yeah, but like, I won't have enough space in my new place because my PC will be in my room, and my room's kind of smaller compared to this huge place I'm in well, right where now. Were, and... Well, where were you planning on playing it anyway? If you the didn't living room. Have... Huh? You have a laptop, <laughs> don't you? Oh, you know what? That's not a bad idea. But will my lap like? Because it's it's working off my off my PC power though, right? Like, do I have a laptop that's strong enough to run a VR game? Uh, this is why it should just be on Quest. Like, I know exactly. I know why from a very technical perspective why everything can't be on Oculus Quest, but like, but like they gotta promote that thing more because Quest is is awesome. Like, I I understand like you want to like have a big splash on VR and and you want to have like these big technically impressive games on vr thus you know you don't you want to skip skip around quest because quest is the less powerful option right but quest is still the coolest quest is still the coolest device you have the fact that that thing is wireless the fact that, that you can take that thing anywhere the fact that it just works it's so good and, they, and if they like pushed for it harder i feel like they could sell that thing to a wider amount of people because you don't have you don't have to have a piece see like best entry that are the thing that keep vr from really making uh bigger waves and being accessible to to, to more people like quest is the, the perfect device and more games should be tailored for it yeah the, oculus the problem like i own a quest i don't own another headset it's cool that my headset can just like connect to my thing but i i also just don't want to connect to my thing because my computer is a sitting space not a like standing around vr room space yeah. so but on the, on the other hand i can see why like you don't necessarily you don't want Quest holding back VR development because then you don't get your Half Life Alexes, you don't get your Medal of Honors. So sure. I can there's an argument for both sides of that, but as someone who just who wants to just use my Quest somewhere where I do have space, not drag the entire computer and all that stuff there, it it Medal of Honor doesn't seem like a game I'm going to play. Basically, I want to try it just based off of my love for Blood and Truth. Like mm-hmm. they, there is so much potential for first-person shooters in VR, and I'm, of course, Half-Life Alex is probably the biggest example of it. But I haven't played it yet. Um, and plus, the idea game, that you could just smash a dude's head with a statue. That, that, like, yeah, that's pretty. Like rare. stuff, yeah. stuff like that really <clears throat> makes that experience so cool. Which is why I'm, I'm, I, which is, which is why I want to try Medal of Honor. I don't know if I'm going to play through it because I'm not a Medal of Honor person historically. But stuff like that is super fun. And either way, I'm still gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to try it out. I mean, plus is anybody Medal of Honor person? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a very good. That's a very good uh, we're closing out the show pretty soon, so we have Spellbreak, which was a cool looks trailer. Cool, cool, but CG I think Imran, you you nailed it for me, Imran, where it's like like I I would want to play this if it was a different type of game. Yeah, like the the art looks cool, the movement looks cool, but it's like I don't know. I 
I've never been really into battle royales, and the ones I am into are just you know fairly non-competitive. So this one just I if they if they said spellbreak like single player edition or spellbreak of the wild or whatever, I'd be way more into it. The wild. Yeah. I'm I'm digging this right as somebody as somebody who who generally can enjoy a, a, a battle royale like this gives me Darren Project combined with like Rome Rome Royale vibes uh and like you know that's that that type of stuff I'm, I'm into I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a breakout hit success uh because I feel like we're at the point where if you're if you're going to be in the battle royale space and be that you gotta really come out swinging because you know Hyperscape just came out and Hyperscape's doing fine as far as I understand but. You know, the last VR game to really come out and make a splash was Call of Duty. And the one before that was a respawn game. And the one before that was Fortnite. And like you really gotta come out and be killer if you're gonna Fall be... Guys is take is eating everybody's lunch right now. That's true. Actually, I forgot about Fall Guys. Fall Guys technically like, is Fall Guys is eating everybody. Fall Guys is is kind of a huge reason why Hyperscape, I think, isn't as big as it can be and should be. Um but yeah, I mean I I think the game looks great. It's it is another one of those games that I have seen streamers play this for like maybe a year and a half already maybe two years because they this is the type of game that always has sort of an open beta and then a closed beta and an open alpha and all that shit it's a game that i saw stroud stream like two years ago when he was before he left twitch for mixer um i yeah so i don't know if this you know the i don't know if it's coming to console ever um i, I think it feels like a game that should be more readily available for uh hmm. people to that aren't just pc players you know then we got a, a really 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 weird turrican trailer i don't like so i don't know if that's a new turrican a it is console Mac by the way so, sorry spellbreak is console i just had okay. to say that so yeah like turrican is a very popular game in our well-loved game in europe or one of the most well-loved games that comes from germany like the the unreleased Turrican sequel was part of like preloaded on the analog NT, the super analog or super NT. Like these are well liked games, but I don't know what that trailer was. That's I a don't big know what problem. game. Yeah. Like yeah. Are, did they, uh, was that a game announcement or not? And if so, what was the game? Weird. I, I, I don't know what this was. Yeah. I, I feel like this is the type of thing you do for, um, like let's say Mega Man Eleven never came out. Um, that's the one that recently came out, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, let's say Mega Man Eleven never came out, and this is the type of reveal you do for that, where it's like, here's an old franchise that we haven't really touched in a while, and hasn't been seen in a while, but it's coming back. And you know, the composer's talking about Turkin, and, and it seems kind of cool, and then it ended. And I was like, okay, well, what? The... Very bizarre, very weird. Yeah. Uh, there was no like title splash. There was no coming soon. There was no reboot. There was no or sequel like, or yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, then they showed Destiny Two Beyond Light. Fran stoked. Fran cool. stoked. Cool. Yeah. Um, which to me, this is another kind of like sign of where this show is, where we're getting the Destiny Two Beyond Light breakdown. Towards the, the end of the second show. to last thing in this show. Yeah. It's like that feels like a very nice first third of the show type of thing to go through, right? Give the updates on this very popular game people actually care about, but then move on to some other stuff. Don't like kind of end the show with it, you know? Oh, did really we totally skip Fall Guys? Totally did. Yeah, totally I didn't even did. write that down. 
Fall Guys. Let's go back to that because season two. Say about Destiny? No, not really. Yeah. Cool. Season two of Fall Guys. I'm. I like the the gameplay mechanic stuff they're changing up of looking like the levels can you can move some things like that seems like the perfect amount of annoying fun. Um, not huge on the medieval kind of theme of it. Am stoked that seasons are going to have themes. That means that other seasons might have themes that do speak to me a bit more. And like, uh, we already know that the seasons aren't lasting that long. So fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for exactly what you're saying, Tim, the prospect of every season having a theme. I think that's perfect. I think it's what the game needs. And I I'm stoked for, a sci-fi theme where you're out in outer space and the cameras are floating and there's meteorites and cool sort of Imagine nebula if around you. Gravity, Andy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. All guys. It's exciting, oh. dude. I, I don't oh. know. I think I mean, float guys. That, that game is already like broken and unfair in a way that they acknowledge and realize that everyone in the audience acknowledges and realizes. I hope they have fun with that fact. That yeah. they like don't need to be competitive or fair or anything. Just like maybe one season just deletes one of the teams and like that's it. Or like they do break the gravity or every floor is bouncy or stuff like that. That's the stupid stuff I want to I want for that game in the future. Yeah. Look great though. Super cool. Great way to show that game too. Um and then yeah, the 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 show ended. The final game was uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart which was kind of the linchpin of this whole thing that they were hyping up the entire show. They were talking about it and it looked as great as we expected, but yeah, the news there was uh, we have a, a launch window release coming, which almost feels like non news. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, I, mean, I think it, I, I feel like they could have framed it better, right? Like I, I think the fact that it's launch window is exciting. Cause I, I, they, up till now, we've not necessarily known a date. They, they, I think the, the assumption was 2021, but that's mainly because they didn't come out and give anything concrete toward the the reveal. Uh, but I feel like most people watching don't necessarily have a shared understanding of what launch window is. Because if you ask me, I'd say, oh yeah, six months. And so you can probably expect it by March. But if you ask somebody else, they're probably like the end of the year. And so by December. And it's like, what, which, what does launch window mean? I feel like we could have got more of that because... As of now, I still don't feel concrete in terms of when I can expect that game. I assume they don't know either. I assume that's part of the problem, too, is like they probably maybe they were targeting launch and now they're not because COVID or what maybe because like Spider-Man is going to do enough work, like marketing reasons. They don't need two Insomniac games in the first month. That could those could all be like logical reasons. But I assume that Sony and Insomniac are also like launch windows the best we can commit to until we can give an actual like certain date it just seems weird to even do it then like i don't know this just seems like such a non-committal thing where it's like just say 2021 yeah who uh, maybe it doesn't make do do you guys think there's any chance this comes out in 2020 i think there's a chance i think i think think the the story of the ps5 needs to have something in december too spider-man really really I, I think Spider Man's launch. I would guess. Spider-Man's oh, me too. Launch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but know if they need something in December. That I don't know that it's going to get something in December. That's but like crazy. I think what I think what you get in December though are like your Jet the Far Shores or your Bug Snacks or your Solar Ashes or whatever like whatever the the other stuff that we got at the PlayStation presentation. Like I can see those things. So many of those things taking the de- little devil yeah, inside. Totally. I can see those things yeah, taking up the first if, two months. If it were me, and this is entirely speculation, I would do. Spider-Man at launch, Demon Souls in December, yep. Ratchet in January. So I mean, that, would be gotta, that feels under. like it's 
Yeah, that like I, that. I mean, that'd be incredible. But at the same time, I'm like, do y'all need that much heat? Like, at, yeah. like right out the gate, because you can spread, spread this shit out a bit. Because you know? as of now, right, like when you told me that um, Ratchet is gonna be a launch window, I, if I was PlayStation, I would be like, all right, cool, Spider-Man yeah. launch, Ratchet January, February ish, Demon Souls spring, because like you have enough wealth to kind of spread out that I'd. I, if if they do that triple that triple threat in the first three months, then what does the middle of next year look like? Do we just not I mean, have anything until Horizon? Horizon is uh, first half next year, right? Did they say first half? I, I don't know if they said first. They said next year for sure. Sony. So what Sony has to do is do a winter, spring, summer, fall games fest, and <laughs> just have it all spread out. You know, don't you know? We don't need to have just. No, I, I agree with Bless. I don't think you need to do that much in such a tight window i think you can easily spread this out in the way that we hoped nintendo were was going to be spreading their game releases yeah. out uh and obviously it's been pretty desolate for a while well, that's, but, that is what they did the first year is 2017 they went nuts and they released one big game a month yeah. i could see sony just doing the same thing i'm with you and ron i i think demon souls is december and especially sony crazy. sony japan working on that right japan the, studio japan studios yeah yeah, yeah, Blue Point working yeah. on it, but like Japan in conjunction with Japan Studio. I, I think December for that, but I think Ratchet's March. Um, and a kind of a non sequitur to an earlier story. Uh, Arvel Krenid tweeted all of us, and Gamatsu tweeted out that the Turrican Anthology Volume One and Two was announced for PS4 and Switch, so it's a remaster of One and Two. Yeah, somebody out there is very <laughs> excited. Oh fuck yeah! somebody is like oh let's fucking go like doing the whole thing um and the last thing i want to talk about before we we end the show here is something that i think is of some consequence here is that uh jeff committed to december for game awards he you know saying that it's going to be back it's going to be this year i was really ready to put money on him moving it to january um not only to be able to push back the the date of the awards actually covering the entire year because especially with this year i mean cyberpunk's not going to be eligible to win game of the year it's kind of bizarre uh but on top of that just having had so many announcements and so many events happen this year that i think that pushing into next year wouldn't be the end of the world with uh, I bet the two they, console they, launches they push the eligibility eligibility like one week or so so we can fit in the cyberpunk and all that jazz because last year with people were really confused because force awake or yeah not force awakens wait was it jedi fallen order Star Wars. I, yes Star Wars. Wars. yes I always try to think. I always think it's Force Awakens or Force Unleashed. It is a Jedi Fallen Order. That game was not part of the Game of the Year category last year because mm-hmm. it wasn't eligible. So I imagine like this year, just go like, okay, fine, it's COVID. Let's wait an extra week. Does not take as long to get the stuff in. Yeah, but Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk like, is seventeenth, right? Yeah, but I mean, November seventeenth, so right? Like, yeah. how are the, the people going to play that game for it to be eligible for what December? fifth event I mean, I, yeah i assume that everyone's cd project red will probably get that into people's hands early hopefully but who knows yeah. it could it could just be a huge fucking mess because there's no games this year but we'll see how it goes i imagine a game awards next year is going to be or this year is going to look exactly like gamescom opening night i think this is a test run for the game awards mm. in terms of like well, with what, the awards we didn't even talk about the awards <laughs> I, I don't think anyone did honestly yeah <laughs> We don't need to. We don't need to. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you very much for joining us for this. Um, Love you guys. 
We will see you later if you're watching live.